The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. This morning is a psalm, Psalm 22. So if you've got your Bibles, please open there with me now. If you don't have a Bible, it will come up on the screen. And while you do that, uh, we have some extra plants here outside. They're just over in the garden over that side, and they are from Ted Holloway's garden. So if you would like to have a plant or two from Ted's garden in your garden, then feel free to, you're welcome to grab one and take it home with you today. We've been going through some psalms over the last few weeks and we're going to continue for a few weeks more. This morning our psalm is Psalm 22, which you might be quite familiar with. Uh, But let's all, if you're not familiar with it, it's it's a, a psalm where loneliness might be a theme. Let's read together now from Psalm chapter 22. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. To the choir master, according to the doe of the dawn, a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry to you by day, but you do not answer and by night that I find no rest. Yet you are holy and throned on the praises of Israel. And you, our fathers, trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by, by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me down in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. 
Oh, you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All of sorry, all offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not uh, sorry, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall all who go down to the before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. Loneliness. Roy Orbison sang a song about it back in the 60s. The song starts with the idea that only those who are are lonely can empathise or understand his own feelings of loneliness. There's something in that, isn't there? If we are lonely or struggling in some area of life, there's a big difference between expressing our feelings to just anyone and expressing our feelings to someone who understands what it's like to be in our position. In fact, the ability to share our feelings with someone who understands can go a long way in helping us cope with our struggles. Psalm 22, as the title verse attests, is a psalm written by King David. It's a prayer psalm from the anointed king of Israel to God. And if you highlight the repeated words and phrases throughout the psalm, you can see that there's a discernible structure to it. It's a U-shaped structure. It's actually a gospel structure. It's a structure of down and up, not down and out. The psalm begins with David crying out, Why? to God. This is a heart-wrenching why for David. Because he's not questioning his circumstances. See, he's not saying to God, Why is this stuff happening to me? It's worse than that. 
David's cry to God is, why have you left me alone in this? Why have you hung me out? Walked away? Cut off communication and forsaken me? David wrestles with his feelings of forsakenness. And in his wrestle, it's made even worse in light of what he knows to be true of God. What he knows to be true of God throughout Israel's history. David is saying, God, your pattern is that when people who trust in you cry out to you for rescue, you come through for them and you deliver them, you answer their cry. You don't just leave them hanging out to dry. That was the experience of the Israelites in Egypt. Verses 3 and 4 talk about that. Israel had been a despised people in Egypt. They cried out to God, and God delivered them. And that's been David's own experience throughout his life. He says in Psalm 18, He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. That had been David's experience, that he would cry out in his day of trouble and God would deliver him. God supported him. God delighted in him. Now look at what David's mockers say in verse 8 of Psalm 22. Their insult is that though David may claim to delight in God, God doesn't actually delight in David because God does not rescue David. Verses 9 to 10 of that psalm join with verses 3 to 5 that they focus on God's sovereign hand at work. God was the one at work in Israel's infancy as a nation. He delivered them from the dark place and taught them to trust him. So it was also God at work in David's infancy. You might say delivering him from a dark place and teaching him to trust God. David says, yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. And you, sorry, on you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb, you have been my God. You see the the tension? Can you see the wrestle? You have done this for Israel, and, and you've even done it for me. Yet now, what's doing? Where have you gone? Despite David's need, his cry for help, his trust in God, David feels forsaken by God. In his time of need, David feels that his God 
is silent at best, if not absent altogether. It's like God has put his hands in his pockets and turned a blind eye to what David's going through. So he says in verse 11, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there's no one to help. I'm all alone. Don't you leave. God is far away. At a time where David needs him most, he felt abandoned by God. And maybe you have felt that way or do feel that way now. Maybe you're going through something and it's like God has put his hands in his pockets and, and just turned a blind eye. In a time of greatest need, there's no one to help. God is either silent or absent when you're crying out to him. Have you felt that way before? Do you feel that way now? Well, David did. He had a beef with God. His beef with God wasn't uh, so much an accusation of unfair treatment, that I don't deserve this. His issue with God is that he thinks God is being inconsistent. That God acted one way with his forefathers, but is acting a different way towards David now. We don't like inconsistency, do we? Especially when it comes from people in positions of power. Maybe you've heard or even made the comment at the start of a sporting game where your team is penalised for something, and you might say, well, as long as he's consistent. I may have got that from my father. As long as he's consistent, I'll wear it. But what about when a parent is seen as treating their children differently? Maybe you've heard an eldest child, or you're an eldest child and you've said it yourself. I was never allowed to stay up that night. You never let me wear that. I've never said that. We don't like inconsistency, do we? Especially when it comes from people in positions of power. So what do you do when the God of the universe seems to be acting inconsistently towards you? Verses 12 to 18. David attempts to put his feelings into words. To express to God what is what this point in his life feels like. What it feels like to be in David's shoes. And David basically says it feels like death. The language that David uses to describe his rock bottom is fairly graphic. He uses language that provokes images of emptiness, weakness, powerlessness, pain, dryness and starvation. 
or in an attempt to express to God the despair that David feels. Verse 12 says, Many balls encompass me. Strong balls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. David feels like prey. And helpless to, and unable to summon the strength that he might need to summon to mount any kind of defense against his attackers. He says, I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me down in the dust of death. You lay me down in the dust of death. Can you see the, the physical agony that David is trying to express here? Well, it continues in verse 16. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me, they have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast rocks. I love a good nature documentary, especially something from Africa where it talks about big animals of prey. And wild dogs fascinate me. They're relentless in their pursuit of their victim. They surround them and they nip at them from all angles and wear them down. It's the sort of picture that David seems to have in his mind here. I'm wasted. And those around me are taking joy in my circumstances. Do you feel for David? Do you empathize with him? Perhaps you're feeling got at physically. Maybe your health is failing. Your work or family life his struggle. Or maybe what is encircling you at the moment has been more mental than physical. Where you feel like thoughts of self-doubt, inadequacy, fear and failure are coming at you from every side, every area of your life Seems like you're getting stuff wrong. Things are falling apart. You've gotten to the point where God seems to have taken his hands off or walked away. Like it's all on you now. There's no way out, and to be honest, you're just not up to it anymore. Feel like David today. Poured out. Your heart is melted. Your strength is dried up. You feel surrounded, exposed, ridiculed, taken advantage of. 
like you're lying in the dust, abandoned by God, you're done. God encourage you, if you're feeling this way this morning, put your feelings into words and express them to God. What might you say? And what good might that even do? If you feel like God is the one who has abandoned you. Well, let me show you something first. See, the language David employs seems to describe a pretty dire circumstance, doesn't it? If Bible scholars struggle to find any incident recorded in David's life, that would warrant such a description. See, it would be a stretch to sort of relate this situation to when David was pursued by King Saul or when his son Absalom was after him and he was on the run. In fact, these words not describing fleeing from a foe or a physical illness. What they are is a description of an execution. It's not David's execution that it's describing. It's someone else's. It's Jesus. Psalm 22 is Jesus' psalm prepared a thousand years in advance for him to pray to God while he is hanging on the cross for the sins of the world the sins of you and me. We find the very first words of Psalm 22 on the lips of Jesus himself where he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now that's an obvious one, isn't it? It's easy to draw that link. But that's not the only link. Notice the last words of Psalm 22. He has done it. Look at what John records Jesus as saying before giving up his spirit in John 19. Cries out, it is finished. With just one word in the Greek, finished. It's done. With your Bibles open at Psalm 22, I want you to cast your eyes over verses 6 to 8 and 12 to 18 in particular. Now, if that's a bit small for you on the, the board, open the, have the ones open in front of you and just allow your eyes to catch different things, different words and phrases. And while you do that, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 27. And as a bit of a hint, I want you to start looking at verse 18 and then allow your eyes to go up from there. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put a charge against him which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers, robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, 
wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. It's ironic in ways, isn't it? As those looking on at Jesus on the cross mock and laugh at him and take advantage of his circumstances, they're actually fulfilling the prophecy of Psalm 22. They rejected him as Messiah, and then they go and fulfill the messianic prophecy of their actions. As they divvy up his clothes and drive nails through his hands and feet, they prove that Jesus is the Messiah. It doesn't stop there. Matthew is on to something, friends. He seems to have Psalm 22 on his mind as he's writing this section of his Gospel. Matthew is going somewhere, and so is Psalm 22. This Psalm 22 closes with a prophecy that people from all nations will turn to the Lord in repentance and worship. How does Matthew's Gospel end? Matthew 28. It was with a commission that calls us to be involved in the fulfillment of prophecy also by taking the gospel, the good news of Jesus to all nations. We too have a part to play in the fulfillment of the prophecy of Psalm 22 if we're willing to get involved. So where does that leave us? Well, don't miss these words of Jesus, friends. If you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling abandoned by God, remember that Jesus said, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you, he says, no matter how you are feeling. And don't also forget the gospel shape. It's not a shape of down and out. It's down and up. Friends, on the cross, Jesus prays, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He shares in our alienation from God because of our sins. But he was forsaken so that we won't be. David wasn't forsaken by God. He might have felt that way, but he wasn't. Neither need you be. Although you may feel abandoned by God, you don't need to be. Jesus has done it. Jesus joins us in our predicament 
He shares our question to God, our question of why. He does this so that however deep you feel that you are, you can know that Jesus has gone deeper. Don't you feel like life might be held? Jesus actually went there so that you don't need to. So if today you are feeling alone or abandoned by God, the message for us today is to cry out to Jesus for he truly understands our predicament. He is one who can empathise with us in our situation. Because even in feelings of forsakenness and abandonment by God, even there we can owe fellowship with him. Let me pray. Loving Lord and Heavenly Father, we are. To be honest, we marvel with how you work. That at the hand of the King of Israel, you might be, shall we say, penning a prayer, prepared for you when you will come and enter into our mess. Where you will be hanging on a cross, pierced, bones out of joint, surrounded, mocked. Abandoned by God. The Lord, you would prepare the words for you to pray that would be for our benefit. That we would see that what you are doing, you are doing as fulfillment of prophecy. That what you are doing, you are doing for us. That you would be abandoned, forsaken by God, so that we would not need to be. But Father, we do at times feel this way. We feel like you are, we're praying to a silent heaven. That you've got your hands in your pockets and you've turned away. But Lord, we know through Jesus that that is not the case. But in fact, that you are here with us. That you understand our predicament. So, Father, help us to trust in you in these times, when they come. Give us the words to express our feelings to you. And, Lord, I would pray, give us the people around us who would also be able to empathise with us and point us to you, knowing that these times do not have to be down-and-out times for us, that they can be down-and-up. That those of us who are found in Jesus, can be raised to new life, a life of celebration with you. Thank you in Jesus. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, 
visit npbc.org.au.